0: you are listening to Psychology Inside Out podcast, where we take a look from the inside out at what makes the field of psychology so fascinating. We interview researchers, educators, fellow students, as well as experts, both professionally and experts by way of their own experiences with mental health. Pleasure in the job puts perfection in the work, Aristotle. In this episode, we talk to a student who seems to have honed in on this. After obtaining a three-year bachelor in only two years at the FU, Nanda Yafarian began his master's journey in neuroscience and philosophy. With perfection, there do come challenges, and we were grateful to speak with Nanda about his personal experience with anxiety, panic disorder, and managing expectations. We were glad to talk with him about how student life is going and what all the future
1: holds. So welcome Heidi, welcome Nanda, thank you for coming. So today Heidi and I will have a little talk with Nanda. Thank you very much for coming once again. So Nanda is a former Bachelor Psychology student who graduated um, in two years and now he's doing not one but two master programs at the same time. So we have a lot to talk to you about. <laughs> and, but before we get into detail, so why don't you share a little bit about Yourself and what
2: brought you into psychology? All right, sure. Um, so, yeah, my name is Nanda. I uh, grew up in Germany, 23 years old in, like, two weeks. Uh, okay. And, yeah, I guess uh, what brought me to psychology was, uh, I think when I was, like, 15, 16, I got really interested in politics. And I joined this really weird Facebook group with a lot of conspiracy theorists and, like... A lot of very very weird people, a lot of right wingers, um, and I just started having conversations with them and like kind of figuring out how to, like just talk to those kinds of people, mm-hmm. and, like what sets them off. If there's a way to like just kind of work with them to get them to like more helpful um, opinions, and mm-hmm. I just I got really interested in political psychology. Um, And then yeah, I just decided to study psychology and the first place that I found where I was accepted was here in Amsterdam. Nice. Yeah. Um, And then I didn't really inform myself that much about the program and at some point I found out it was much more based on like natural science here Mm -hmm. (laughs) than what I had expected. So yeah, that's kind of how I got into psychology.
0: Interesting. I mean, you're, I have to say, I knew your name before I knew you you're Mm. quite known I feel like in the international group Um, and uh, as Anna was sharing you you're quite ambitious you've worked really hard uh, with your uh, undergrad and then now working on your masters can you share a little bit about why um, yeah how how that motivates you why did you choose to do it so quickly
2: yeah sure Um guess maybe it makes sense to kind of start like at the start <laughs> yeah. so like in, in school I really wasn't motivated at all I got like I got by without doing too much studying but I ended with like pretty uh, mediocre grades and, I, and then I moved here and um, both uh, socially but also academically I was suddenly much better at things interesting um, so before that, I also wasn't, wasn't that sociable. And now, like you said, a lot of people know me. I'm very active in like mm-hmm. group chats and yeah. so on. I uh, like to stay in touch with people, like to help people. Um, and then also like my first grades for the first exams were pretty good. And then I just decided like, hey, I, I want to continue this. Uh, and at some point I figured out there was like the possibility to like finish with cum laude, So that really pushed me to be good at, like, every exam and so on.
0: So not only, (laughs) let me finish in two years, let me also also graduate (laughs) with honors, okay. (laughs) Let's do it all. (laughs) Yeah,
2: kind of, I don't know. Um, And, yeah, then we had, like, I don't know, we we had COVID and I got really bored. And, uh, I don't know, yeah, lonely as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that plus... Some frustration with the with the studies actually led me to do it faster, so okay. it was um yeah one and a half years ago, so like uh the yeah last academic year mm-hmm. I just started taking um four courses at a time okay so I was doing my second year and at the same time, I started uh, taking courses from the third year mm-hmm. um, just kind of. Out of boredom, just to do it.
0: I wonder sometimes with that how uh, I feel like I hear it often, where people who are very intelligent, if you're not stimulated enough, that's when you're bored. Like you were saying, when you're studying, when you were younger, it was kind of like, Meh. and then kind of pushing yourself almost helps because then you're actually fulfilling that potential that you have, and you don't feel this like, okay, what next? You know, where you have this all this empty time to fill. Do you kind of yeah,
2: feel like bad about it, or? Yeah, that's that's definitely it. It's kind of like, if I don't do anything, I I can sit at home all week and play this really stupid uh, video game, mm-hmm. and I don't know just, I uh, whatever like get drunk or smoke weed or, just in some way be self-destructive uh, towards myself. So I need mm. to do, uh, like I need to have responsibilities and I need to have something. Um, that 's difficult, otherwise it 's really bad for me like those things are in themselves okay, I guess, to do for a while, but also it really um, brings me down like my mood and everything so yeah,
1: so you find difficult you still find challenging the courses itself, but it 's just that you just put more time and focus, or are the courses just easy in a way? You just watch the lecture once and then think we 're going more into the student side of mm-hmm. it just that out of curiosity because <laughs> sometimes I struggle myself to go get by some courses that I don't find interesting they take me so long to watch that lecture obviously there are different individual differences I have my own issues with attention but how is that for you with yeah. things that you don't find that interesting for example
2: oh I have huge issues with attention <laughs> <Do
1: you>?
2: so <laughs> oh. I, I constantly fiddle like I, I don't I don't have um, anything in the direction of ADHD, but okay. I constantly, like, still, especially now with Zoom lectures in person, it was fine. Mm-hmm. But during Zoom lectures, I actually, like, play some kind of computer games or something next to it to keep focused. Mm. Um, often, not always, depending on how difficult the lecture is. At some point, I figured out that I could also take notes. <laughs> and that would also, Light also help. <laughs> I, I, I finished the entire was without taking a single note. Wow.
0: wow! See, I feel like that just continues to I mean, be a theme so for all the people that we get to speak with. Yeah. I feel like it's been this consistent thing where the uh, the high-achieving students we talk to, every single one of you it say just, you don't take notes. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and then I've tried it a few times, like, okay, I'm going to be like that. I'm not going to take notes today. And then at the end of the lecture, I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't know what. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. i was thinking
1: <laughs> but again individual differences like do i mean i struggle i have adhd so for me it's really impossible i try not to take my first period was like that no oh, no i'm just gonna read and and then it didn't work and then summary they say it's not as helpful as well but for me is really the way that i found to really make it stick so
0: yeah. it also just depends on what it's about right like i feel some lectures if it's something that really sparks with me. Like, when we had a lecture, we are going to talk about diversity. I was like, all right, I want to hear what this professor has to say about this. But if it's something a little less connected with me, then it's definitely harder to to just listen and focus without, as you said, giving yourself something to be busy with.
2: Yeah. I think one good trick to that is, like, come to a lecture prepared in, in a way where you feel like you already know everything that's going to be talked about. Yeah. And then you don't really need the notes that much. Um,
1: you mean reading beforehand?
2: Yeah, reading beforehand. Going what? We have to
1: do it the way they tell us to do it? <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, professors don't necessarily know how students learn. They yeah.
0: Don't. No, but I agree with you, though. I feel like any time I prepare in advance and I, and I do read before the lecture, then it's kind of just reconfirming what I already know. Yeah. And then that helps the learning process in a totally different way, but... You definitely need to prepare, yeah.
1: so is that your approach, so you prepare it beforehand all the because managing four courses we're talking about like european style it's the, the <laughs> courses are two months, but it's a six month content it's very it's a yeah. three years bachelor, so you're pushing it to two. And Taking four courses at period, so it yeah. gotta be something. So you read all the material beforehand, it's a lot of reading. We have chapters a week per oh. period. <laughs> no, I think I don't you gotta that. tell us the secret. <laughs>
2: I, I, I didn't actually do that, I mean, that's just what I know about it. Like sometimes I do it, like prepare beforehand, mm-hmm. but uh, actually, it was because the third year courses that I took don't have um as much uh, reading as many readings right. it's, it's much more practical so i was pretty busy with just constantly being in like some practicals or having to hand in assignments but mm-hmm. can
0: i ask what was your your minor then what were your third year courses
2: um i had Roughly. a minor in genes cognition and behavior so i had courses like uh, about twin studies about programming mm. um about uh, measuring um ECG and uh EEG stuff okay. like that. Nice. Yeah. So a lot of pra- practical stuff, which was much more enjoyable than having to study mm-hmm. a whole textbook and then answering like a sixty question multiple choice oh, God! Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> so trust me. We know that. I think we're looking forward for the practicalities of the courses. It's yeah. really draining. <laughs> you keep just reading, you just wanna deal with people. So I I, mm-hmm. I guess must be fun to get there what 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 was your take in that minor um, people they're interested in
2: well it it wasn't exactly what i had expected um especially the one of the courses that i just mentioned mm-hmm. uh I, I i called it twin studies it's called genes and health and behavior like if you go through the description you kind of understand what it is but like i just thought yeah like genes are cool health and behavior is interesting yeah
1: <laughs> so mm-hmm.
2: let's do it um And then it was very focused on just the programming aspect of it. Um, And in general, my take on the minor was... I felt like I learned... I got some insight into a lot of uh, valuable practical skills, uh, like research skills and so on. Um, But I could have also done with a bit more background in other areas that would have Mm -hmm. interested me. Like, I was super interested in... Psychopathology or um, um, personality and so on. And I would have, I guess, had to pick different courses for yeah. that. Um, so that's kind of something that I wonder a bit about. So people that do uh, this, this bachelors and this minor, like they get the skills to kind of do research afterwards,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but they don't really get exposed to that much... Um, like interesting background uh that that stimulates them to research something that's interesting Right, makes sense,
1: mm. yeah. Yeah. like the clinical side more
2: yeah for example with people and
1: mm-hmm. yeah really the clinical
2: side or the yeah. even if you don't do clinical re- research even if you just do like fundamental research where you want to figure out how the mind works and so on um still kind of that's yeah. an
1: interesting point cuz then you're going to do you're going to go straight to research when you don't have much of that clinical experience that probably would be mm-hmm. really beneficial to have
0: definitely and as you said to kind of spark that interest of why you would even want to go down a certain research path yeah for I mean if you're 18 19 how would you possibly know what you might want to research about in yeah. psychology if you haven't had much exposure to you know psychopathology or just different yeah different
2: yeah, for minds sure. and like a very personal take for me like I just find a lot of the research that I've seen like the psychology research I just find a lot of it boring hmm. it's or it doesn't it doesn't say anything interesting uh and it doesn't study anything interesting
0: can and you I, think of something that you like what would be interesting for you you think even just generally speaking
2: Ooh, it's, it's, it's a difficult one. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I mean, there, I guess you can do, like, in every aspect of psychology, you can do a lot of interesting research, um, so I can't come up with, like, one specific thing right now, but I've, I've just seen a lot of experiments where I thought, hey, okay, you're testing some kind of, like, how, how is information processing, um, affected by, uh, distraction in this completely artificial environment
0: mm-hmm.
2: where yeah this this type of research sometimes especially i don't know i personally don't like cognitive research but that's okay. that's my thing yeah um don't want to rant too much about like what i don't like you can
0: rent however oh, yeah, you no, want sure. <laughs> we're here to pick your brain today so. <laughs> yeah
2: no um but yeah i guess i kind of like i'm I'm out of psychology now. I'm studying, I'm mm-hmm. doing double master's in philosophy and neuroscience. And a lot of people think neuroscience and is the same as like neuropsychology. Mm-hmm.
0: It's
2: much more biological.
0: Mm. It's also interesting, neuroscience and then philosophy. And then you think of those as kind of like the core foundations of <laughs> psychology. <laughs> so you kind of just went back to basics almost. In a way. Yeah. I felt like
2: I was kind of pushed into it. Like, mm. not the philosophy part, I just like that. Yeah. Uh, but the neuroscience just... I really hated biology in high school. And I hated maths as well, and like, all of that. And then here I was in, like, this psychology bachelor's, stuck with doing loads and loads of um, statistics and biology.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I just... I was good at those things, so... I started liking them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think our, our statistics professor last year also said that he hated math and statistics yeah, he when nothing. he was younger and now he's a professor of statistics. It's wild how you can just <laughs> completely change like yeah. that. Yeah, I think he yeah. even studied maths. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. What is the difference of neuroscience and neuropsychology you can give us two?
2: Um, well, in neuroscience you're much more concerned with the individual parts. It's much more reductionist. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't really talk that much about emotions, for example, or about thoughts. Mm-hmm. We talk about receptors and cells and genes, um, and like the experiments are most of them are just like based on mice and rats, which I is it's also not really my thing. I'm I'm gonna go into a clinical direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
1: No, I said. That. Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> I heard why. No, I said right,
0: oh, yeah. right. <laughs> you can explain why, though. If you want? Oh yeah.
2: It's it's kind of. I don't know. I think a lot about like, whether there is purpose to like scientific research, mm. and I don't necessarily find all of this very reductionist research, that interesting. I think, it's very easy, for. People that work as researchers to just get get hyper focused on what they're doing and yeah. hey it's your job you have to come up with something people taught you some techniques you gotta find a way to use them um
1: yeah
2: and that doesn't necessarily mean that you end up with something that's valuable
1: yeah mm. but I there's think a lot of pressure we, right yeah, for yeah, it to exactly. be valuable yeah that's where we stand in science right now right to produce research and yeah put it out there and Just do it. Just -hmm. make sure, publish, publish, publish. And can we actually get, you know, (laughs) developable things out of it? We don't really know. But I guess that's kinda like in a sense how it's been for the last God, I don't know, for the past pretty (laughs) much really, you know, until someone comes with a great idea and kinda shifts the whole thing. But is that a better way to do that? Do you think so? Um, Do you have any ideas of how could we change research in a sense? Um, or focus because there's a lot of money involved, isn't
2: it? I think that's the problem. Um, like, it's it's a, I have a very postmodern take on that to a certain uh, extent that we we just have this very performative aspect of research mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, it's your job, so you're gonna do it, and so on. And I think at some point uh, there's just a lack of intellectual honesty where it's like, hey, mm-hmm. maybe we shouldn't. Research this. Maybe we should stop. Maybe our job doesn't make sense mm-hmm. in some areas, which is something no individual can like accept. That that has to come from above, like in, in terms of allocating money towards certain mm-hmm. um, institutions and so on, to just decide what makes sense and what doesn't.
0: Mm-hmm. You sound kind of passionate about it. <laughs> Do you, can you think of something that uh, comes to mind in that way?
2: Like what what shouldn't be studied that much? Yeah. Uh Well, I do think that a lot of for example, social psychology is basically proving what everyone's grandma already knows mm. um,
0: yeah, I get that was so this this period um uh, in work and organizational psychology at the end, it was this whole section on uh when we talked about happiness and they said. People get happy. People are most happy when they're around people that they love. And I'm like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. And now <laughs> yeah. everyone who's alone, hello, COVID, yeah, is just rubbing it in surprise. the face. Like, yeah. Yeah. Why do we have to talk about this? We already yeah. know this. So I, I kind of get what I, you mean. I, I get
1: what you mean, totally. I think you have an important point. because, But it's the system, isn't it, that we are in it? It's universities. Yeah. It's the whole academic journey they have to go through and publish and publish is there another way do you have any proposed idea for how could we <laughs> do it differently because i guess it's like you're 23 and yeah you know hopefully this generation might make a little shift on that is there a better way to do it or other than the system because there's a lot of politics and you know a lot of money into research and it's really just waiting for that one that will break through because otherwise you just do those you know small researches here and there publish 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 how could this be done in a different way do you have any any suggestions
2: i think you would have to start with the education system first like the whole
1: everything yeah (laughs) Yeah, basically restructure the whole thing yeah
2: I, i think everyone knows that uh like the like primary and secondary education system has a lot of problems mm-hmm. and it's very outdated in yep. most countries um but the university system also like I did it very quickly I'm I'm even good at those things but I think it was bad mm. I didn't fi- I I thought studying would be more valuable to me than it was
1: yeah it's more the diploma itself right the grad- yeah. the um, the title that you get in the end of the day that's the thing some depend, Yeah, I think there is an the individual difference because it's really what changes is the person itself, the professional that they become and what they are passionate about and they will focus and get involved. But yeah, I, I agree with you because it's kind of give us a, mm-hmm. a diploma and throw us in the world and not necessarily ready for yeah. any specific. But
2: And focusing on things like grades and kind of... I mean, a lot of yeah. people just base a lot of how they feel about their grades and their academic su- success or even before that in school like I was pretty lucky I went to a school where we didn't get any grades until ninth grade
1: Oh
2: wow. um, and so I grew up in an environment where that wasn't such a high pressure thing but tell uh, me more was, about. Tell us more
0: about that, because I think that's really a great way of Waldorf doing school? primary school. Waldorf school. I love that. that tell me fun. about that. I don't know about that.
2: Uh well, so basically it's a school. Um, I also went to the kindergarten there, mm-hmm. and then it's the same thirty to forty people uh, that you have in a class from 1st to 13th
0: grade. Yeah. Okay. I love so it. So that's what you had I well? didn't go that, no, <laughs> but
1: I had friends who did, and I know the system. Is a German, what's his name? Is it, uh, your, Rudolf Rudolf yeah. yeah. So he, it's a total f- different type of education where you don't really have grades and your family's involved. It's really great if I have kids one day, I definitely would like to. Unfortunately, yeah. it's very elite, it's expensive. It's a private school, I don't know, in Europe, but back in yeah. where I'm from, it is a private um, and costly. It is school? a private school. Yeah.
2: My mom was uh, unemployed most of my life. And we had very little money. Yeah, they
1: do have some open yeah. some spaces for people that don't have a yeah. high income. But it's an amazing system of school. Please yeah. share more about it. I used to it. hate it. <laughs> but I'm sure you see the value now.
2: I, I see the value now, for yeah. sure.
1: Why did you hate it then? Um,
2: I mean, it's very... Uh, like.
0: It sounds a, very hands-on.
2: It's pretty hands-on. There's, like, a lot of um, phobia for technology going on there. Uh,
1: okay.
2: um, stuff like that. Um, and there is also this issue that there is... Teachers have a lot of authority and there is no... At least in, in my school, there was no uh, kind of, like, uh, principal. So there was a committee of teachers and... Mm. Teachers that were at the school for a long time, they just had a lot of, like, power and authority... And you, have, you can have teachers for, like, nine years, and one of my teachers kind of bullied me, to, me a bit as well. Oh,
1: wow. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm sure those <laughs> systems are perfect. But also, they really value creativity and, like, arts.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, I did loads of, like, artistic stuff there. Well,
1: that's awful to have
0: the same teacher for nine years. That's just horrible yeah. to you.
2: <laughs> for, for two hours every day.
0: Oh, gosh. Oh, right.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, and, and the same uh, classmates because mm-hmm. it's a very small school, so there's no parallel right. classes. Yeah.
0: So going from that structure, you went then to, like a high school. I know in Germany it would be called um, something else. No, I, I finished level.
2: there with that. Okay,
0: you finished there, yeah. and then you went to university from that.
2: Uh, I I worked for a year in a technical lab. Okay. Um, which. Was fine. It was a very small city. I didn't really meet people there. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh,
2: And then I went to university, and suddenly, like, oh, wow, I can be really social. I can just explore myself. I can use technology. (laughs) (laughs) That too. What's this, Um, a computer? Yeah. I can, like, just go out and drink constantly. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah. Good riddance to that teacher.
2: (laughs) And then, kind of, yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, then also just starting like getting good grades and seeing i can do stuff in that area
0: yeah
2: and that also what kind of um coincided with that was like i just started making a lot of friends here and i like started just having this habit of being super friendly and helpful to people and i realized that that was like yeah that that got a bit too intense at some point like it Mm. wasn't good for me anymore
0: so you had to take a step back
2: yeah or like I I'm trying to always watch out for it but mm-hmm. I I have a very big tendency to like when someone asks me for something I'm I'm going to help them. Yeah. Um I did that a lot with uh the studies as well.
0: As I said, I mean I I knew about you before I met you because yeah. you were in our uh we have an international group chat for all of the international students of our year and often I've seen your name and they helping out students during exams or with advice or questions or anything. And definitely I can say it's very admirable that you do that, but I also encourage you to, to hold those boundaries when you need them. Yeah. So people no. will always ask and always take, you gotta. Yeah.
2: yeah people used to, um, when I was still in psychology, people would always text me about assignments, like sometimes a day before or, or on the last day with questions and, At some point, it just, like, if you get 20 people asking you something, it just got way too much, and I started handing in the assignments for the resets instead, so I could just say, hey, no, sorry, I didn't do it.
0: Oh, wow. Because,
2: so you would turn in
0: your own assignments as a reset because you were trying to avoid having to deal with everybody else's stuff before the paper was due. Oh, wow
2: because I was uncomfortable with like just saying, saying no, no. Yeah,
0: boundaries yeah. you learn yeah. with time you learn to it put takes more boundaries. time yeah. we're still trying to figure out how to put up boundaries <laughs> yeah, it, takes time. it definitely takes time
2: it's really important I mean for me it kind of comes up in the uni context but I think for everyone it, it's it other comes ways up for sure yeah. Absolutely. absolutely
1: yeah no but it just kind of going back to the whole grading yeah I, I think I as you said you did have the experience where you had a system where you, your sense of self wasn't attached to a grade and now a yeah. lot of people do have and that's how kind of we are really it's a huge measured. shift. it is a huge shift yeah and it's yeah, yeah this whole system of university in general I, I agree with you i think there should be a, a different shift in that, and <laughs> how we are graded and how we get the best of because there are brilliant kids that don't don't get good grades you know that they're not they don't fit into this system so Mm -hmm. yeah i totally agree with you and now i just wanted to ask quickly about your master choice why did you went from psychology to philosophy is that the first Mm -hmm. one and then neuro yeah neuroscience
2: so my main focus is on neuroscience and i'm kind of doing philosophy on the side like just for fun uh yeah pretty much (laughs) um also like it's gonna sound very nerdy, but in my free time, I actually often sit at home and watch like philosophy lectures or oh, wow. <laughs> other like lectures from. I mean, not only philosophy, like anything, physics, maths. Uh, yeah. But l- the past month, a lot of philosophy and theology lectures. Hmm.
0: Oh, wow.
2: Yeah. Um, well. Philosophy, because I like it, and I, I just find it a nice way to. I guess it's. I guess it's just intellectual masturbation.
1: <laughs> it's just <Great>. fun. <laughs> um,
2: and neuroscience is much more of a practical choice. Like I said, I've found myself a bit pushed into the direction of science. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like I, I find stuff in the humanities way more interesting in a way. But I just figured out that I have a lot of skills that work very well in the sciences and as a future career option that's that just seemed like a good idea uh, to me to go into like a very specialized field um then later yeah do a PhD uh I really want to teach okay
0: can I ask you a practical question so if we think about the bachelor's doing um doing it in two years Mm -hmm. okay but now doing a two masters at the same time how does that work not necessarily time management wise but like if I think about the master's programs that I've been looking at that I know that there are one-year programs with internship for example if you're doing a double master's how does that work with your class time but also your internships do you have to do like a double internship do you have an internship that covers both or how how exactly because they're very different. So yeah. how do you and
1: are they 2 years? How long are these Both masters? of them are two years. Both, yeah. both
2: two-year right. masters. So okay. The philosophy degree uh, at our university is set up in, in the way that it's uh, that it has to be done with another masters in the sciences. Ah, okay. So you can combine them um and do them in 3 years. Mm. But I will most likely um uh quit philosophy after I'm done with neuroscience because I don't feel like I should uh, take another year, feel like I should just progress t- to do a PhD. Okay. So it's actually just for fun. Right. Okay. Yeah.
1: And then you had said before we start talking that you were thinking about going international. Is that something that you said that they recommend? They yeah. Recommend?
0: So and this is for the neuroscience. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So if if you're doing like, very, like, s- research and, like, a field like neuroscience, you really need to know, like, you really need contacts, and so that's why they highly recommend you to um, just go somewhere else, go abroad. I'm gonna try to uh, do my internship next year at, like, an Ivy League university if I can.
0: Mm-hmm. Can I ask you why, con- why are contacts specifically important for neuroscience?
2: Um,
0: well... I would think, generally speaking, they would yeah. be. But for them to push it hard, is there?
2: I, I think it's because, uh, well, if you want to, uh, like, if you're, if you have a certain topic that you want to do research on, you obviously need to find a research team that does that. And. All right. Neuroscience research can be quite expensive. Um, like you need, it's either stuff where you need uh, very expensive imaging equipment yeah. like MRIs, or mm-hmm. you need um, you need uh, la- labs mm-hmm. where you can work with stem cells or with mice or other um, animals, so all of that. Is Where's like, the
1: one you said you were gonna try, sorry? Um,
2: I was gonna try it like um, uh, Harvard or MIT, for example. Oh, okay. Yeah, just uh, the, the states have a lot of um, internships available which isn't as much here
1: yeah
0: i'm kind of feeling like mom mom vibes for myself right now but i'm thinking about you starting like you know that mom that's like oh my yeah. god he's grown up <laughs> but like thinking about when you were younger and you were like ah, school yeah. and now you're literally sitting here talking about how you are planning it sounds very like this is your plan like you're to go to mit or harvard like how do you feel about that? How does that make you feel to go from ah, school to, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get my PhD at MIT or Harvard?
2: Oh, it's just like, I kind of have a disappointing answer. It just, it is what it
0: is. Huh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. Any answer is yeah, a good answer. Know, that's, that's a good answer in a way too, because you don't yeah. have to, it doesn't have to be a big deal. It just becomes like the progress of who you are as a person.
2: Yeah, that's but. the thing like I I like what I'm doing but I'm not extremely passionate about the this scientific career it's just something mm-hmm. that makes sense to me. I'm yeah. much more passionate about other things that I do and yeah.
0: Interesting. <laughs> no, that's good. And it's good to kind of put your Put your energy into different things it doesn't have to all be one thing but i just as i said for me listening to you tell the story i'm like wow that is really awesome to see that that progression that you've made and to find something that is sparking your interest enough to say you know what i'm gonna go for the best because that's where i'm at not in a i'm the best way but in a okay no this makes sense so maybe even better than saying i'm the best
2: Well, I do do sometimes, like, feel like I have to be the best, or I I really want to be the best.
0: Well, wanting to be the best and saying, I'm the best, are different things. Oh, yeah, no,
2: for sure, yeah. But, um, kind of, like, just thinking about, yeah, I want to have a Nobel Prize if I can.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good goals, good goals.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but I think now that we're talking, I've already made a lot of progress with not being extremely overachieving anymore, but... I was kind of pushed into that in, in the bachelors because I didn't often think of, uh, of myself as being very intelligent before that and people kind of pushed me into thinking about myself in that way and thinking about grades much more because I wasn't used to that. But well,
1: your peers. Do you mean like Yeah, yeah. my, you my peers. peers. Mm-hmm.
2: Everyone constantly and still, when I see people from psychology, they often just go up and tell me, hey, it's so impressive what you're doing, you're so smart and i i don't know it's
0: how's that make you feel
2: like in a way it's it's it it has like two sides to it of course um it's kind of nice to to get that validation um i mean i don't get that much out of like just someone saying oh yeah you're smart uh but on the other hand i also don't want to be reduced to that Hmm. or it, it can also sometimes just make me feel a bit alone or worry that I'm not gonna like fit in with other people
0: because you're you think that that's an ostracizing yeah, feature yeah. to have to be smart
2: uh, I think it can be mm.
1: but I think well at least for the impression I have from you it obviously we this is the first time we're meeting in person yeah. we have talked last year <laughs> a few times but it, I feel it's more just like an, an admiration in a positive way i think i I hope you see that way because yeah. you take it very easy things that people kind of struggle it's a lot of work it's a lot of reading that not everybody is and there's this you know difference that you are a little you take a little bit easier and can go a little further in different ways you know and there's not everybody yeah, wants sure. to be this way but i think it's a very positive side and yeah yeah no i think you just should be proud <laughs> of yourself i think these are really yeah. good and I think that also takes us to the direction I would like to get in, because we talked about off um, the the show here about anxiety and panic disorder. And if mm-hmm. you can share a little bit about that, because I think there's, yeah. there's also the good side, super smart going through, <laughs> you know, masters, two years programs, but there are also, you know, anxiety and yeah. other <laughs> types of things you struggle with, if you don't mind sharing yeah, that sure side no. with us too, because I'm sure there's a lot of people yeah struggling with that too
2: yeah definitely it's um like i'm a very anxious person i didn't know that until i started studying here (laughs) um i think i I have it a lot with people um i constantly worry about like accidentally hurting someone for example by just saying something that will make someone else feel stupid Mm -hmm. which like i'm just it's often on my mind and that's stressful for me. And at some point during my bachelor's, I I, I had a fight with, with my best friend and I kind of developed a panic disorder. The way it looked was, um, so for at least three, four months afterwards, I would wake up every morning with a panic attack. Oh wow. And I didn't know it was a panic attack. Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it, it took me, uh, a year to figure that out. It yeah. was pretty much exactly a year ago when I woke up at a friend's place with a hangover, had a coffee, and we were talking about uh, anxiety in the mornings and panic attacks because like he had experience with that. Yeah. And then I <laughs> biked home and I re- realized that that's what I was going through. Hmm. That I was just having panic attacks and having them... On the level that just qualifies for a panic disorder, that um, felt really shit. Yeah. Like it felt nice to figure out what it was,
1: mm-hmm. because
2: it was still happening every two, three m- mornings. Mhm. But it also felt really shit because it felt like I that's something that's just gonna be with me forever. I can maybe manage it somehow, but like.
0: Did you seek professional help when you realized that you?
2: I did. It took a few months to Mm -hmm. get a get an appointment and i guess it helped in a way so another thing that happened last year like right towards the end of my studies so um like a year ago i just had a lot of um, negative personal stuff happen to me Mm -hmm. like not terrible but just very bad for me for my anxious mentality Mm -hmm. um and I just kind of got into a sort of burnout.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Only partly from uh, studying. So obviously, like, doing four courses um, at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Exam
2: weeks are hell. Mm-hmm,
1: bad for so,
2: you. yeah, it's 10 hours of studying a day, crying myself to sleep, waking up with a panic attack, and then another 10 hours.
1: Mm.
2: So.
0: And then also... <laughs> as you've shared you're someone who wants to help everyone and yeah. people come to you so then as you're dealing with your own mm-hmm. stress and anxiety over the exams you have people coming with their questions and their
1: it comes at a cost i think this overachieving it's fair to say that it's not all it's oh. not that easy and all flowers it, it definitely has a toll on you and i can definitely relate to this only realizing after a very long time about Feeling panic and anxiety. I it took me years to realize. Oh wow, it was only until I start studying that I was like, oh okay. Like you and as you just said, like oh it wasn't that bad. But for me, I mean it is really bad if you're feeling and it, it's hard for you. No matter what it is, yeah. And that's something that I also had trouble, so I can relate. And I, well, I can tell you, yeah, it's really bad. Whatever it is for you, it doesn't matter. It may sound not that bad for everybody else, but yeah. once you're dealing with it. So, how was the your process with help
2: there? Um, Well, it's it's difficult to say because I felt like I also grew a lot during that period, Mm -hmm. and it really it it kind of a lot of the panic attacks went away, Mm -hmm. and it got much easier. So the way they looked for me was usually I would wake up and I would be really worried about a relationship in my life, Um, just maybe because. The other person hadn't like talked to me in a few days or something like very very benign things would be blown would hugely be blown out of proportion Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and i kind of just wanted to like i wanted to go deeper into the negative feelings like oh i'm anxious i need to find out why i need to there's there's some important like (laughs) information that my anxiety is trying to tell me Mm -hmm. which usually isn't right yeah
1: yeah probably not
2: um and yeah i I think what really helped me with that was sorting out my relationships uh and yeah kind of kind of working on that that mentality of like feeling afraid of like being abandoned or stuff like that Mm
1: -hmm. did you have professional help therapy yeah i I had therapy as
2: well Mm -hmm. um do you still
0: have therapy now or do you manage it in another way like how do you manage it now
2: Um, I took a break from therapy I might go back to it so it kind of uh, around like November December I really felt like everything was really good Mm -hmm. and then this month wasn't so good (laughs) Mm -hmm. I had a lot of anxiety again um, and was kind of yeah kind of unstable in a way i i didn't i I also took a break from studying for a month like I didn't do my exam um and just try to like focus on myself try to um, figure out how to yeah how to deal with it without like ignoring ignoring sure. it again yeah yeah
0: but that's very wise of you to do <laughs> i mean it takes a Prioritize. lot to say. This is the prior yeah this is the priority right now is my health and yeah. the exam will always be there and i think sometimes when we're in this student environment that it doesn't feel like that mm-hmm. i know for myself yeah. trying to balance a i'm pressure. a mom yeah. and trying to balance taking care of him and being there with my family when it's exam time for example i'm a mess and everyone can always tell That I don't have it together because I'm trying to focus so hard on getting the exam done. I'm not doing the things I usually do with my family. So every exam, it gets a little bit better or I, I figure it out a little bit more. But it's a lot, you know. And if you recognize, okay, this is the time when I need to focus on these parts of my life instead of school, then do that. When you're in mm-hmm. this pressure pot and everyone around you is like, "Oh the exams coming, are we studying <laughs> today are we then yeah it's going to feel like that's the most important so I in that way it's good that i yeah. or i don't want to say I commend you because i don't <laughs> it's not about commending you, but it's nice to hear that you uh, are finding that balance with yourself
2: yeah, I guess it's also tough because at the same time you still need some kind of routine yeah and you still need to or, like, like, at least I need to do something um, every day and feel a bit productive mm-hmm. in general. Like, That's with like, most things, um, like that if too. I don't feel like I'm making progress on anything, I'm just not... Like, it's, it's really tough to get into doing things just out of enjoyment. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: yeah. No. Uh,
0: I Maybe, may, I mean, I'm just thinking out loud, but trying to find ways where you can make progress... On something else yeah, I do, let's I do. say you know people who i'm just pulling this out of my head but people who like have 50 plants in their house you know that that's the thing that you focus on today is keeping your plants alive <laughs> like <laughs> then it's something that in a way is relaxing but then totally. isn't about life goals and am i enough You're and fresher. am i you know You're just good. as an example
1: totally but, yeah. what are yours and what are your what are the things you'd like doing outside school outside science Outside um, philosophy and intellectual <laughs> masturbation, as you said, what, yeah. what it is that you get out of it? <laughs>
2: um, well, music. Uh, I've been playing flute since I was six. Oh, cool. I got back into it a few months ago because I live with other people that also um, play instruments. Just started playing guitar a few months ago, so now I'm annoying everyone with
1: stupid <laughs> <songs>. <laughs> I start playing the piano I don't know. I never played before, so I'm also yeah. trying myself in the music.
2: <laughs> yeah, so that. And then I started cool. um, going to uh, open mics and just reading like, uh, stuff I wrote, like poetry. or nice.
0: yeah. I, are there any good places in Amsterdam that you can recommend to well, go yeah, to? Oh, yeah,
2: definitely. Yeah. So, Give us one. Um, one place I really like is called Labyrinth.
0: Labyrinth, um, okay.
2: Yeah, right next to Vondelpark. They have like a weekly open mic and oh cool. I've been wanting to do that. That's nice. Poetry and jazz nights as well.
0: Nice. Now that everything we can do things, you know, yeah, gotta get exactly. out there, and enjoy, <laughs> can
1: slowly come back to normal,
0: normal life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good to hear, and thank you so much for coming today yes. and talking with us. It's been really nice and informative. Yeah. But also, as Anna said, I think for me the takeaway from today is. You can see how someone is high achieving. You can see someone is getting good grades and all of that. But it comes at a cost sometimes. And it's it's nice to hear the human in you, to hear how you want to be there for others and help other people. I have a fixer mentality myself, so I, I resonate with that a lot. Um, and uh, But as we said... Boundaries are also good and important. So hopefully our listeners can yeah. gain from that. And uh, anyone who's listening, who's hounding Nanda about assignments, <laughs> leave him alone. Leave him alone. <laughs> Let this be the public announcement for that. Oh, uh, People stop doing that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, thanks so much for coming today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank yeah, you.
1: But... We hope to hear about you in the future with your <laughs> Nobel Prize. We'll be very proud to yes. have had... An interview with you. So we wish you all the best <laughs> in Harvard and MIT. I think, yeah, it will be great to hear great things about you. It was lovely meeting you in person. So Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Nice.
0: thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed, please don't forget to follow and subscribe. You can also find us on Instagram at psychologyinsideout.podcast. Where we update our listeners on upcoming episodes and much more. Thanks. And until next time.